This is PA Talks Africa, a podcast by the African Private Equity and Venture Capital Association. I'm Yossi Olaleye, the Marketing and Communications Manager at AFCA. In this podcast series, we talk to the innovators, entrepreneurs, investors, and changemakers who are driving Africa's growth story through private investment. Join us as we discuss the key trends and issues around the private equity and venture capital ecosystem in Africa. Our focus in this episode is the agriculture sector, and we are delighted to be talking to MD Abubakar, the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of LNZ Integrated Farms, a family-owned dairy business based in Kano State in Nigeria. At the time of recording, LNZ Farms is a portfolio company of Sahel Capital, an agriculture-focused private equity firm which is currently preparing to exit its investment in the business after five years. Thank you, MD, for joining us today. I'm just going to jump straight into it and say, you know, tell us a bit about yourself, your professional background and what you did before you founded LNZ Integrated Farms. Uh, thank you very much for having me. My name, as I said is md abubakar i'm uh, a graduate of glass technology from amadebello university's area and i did my mba with lagos state university and i came back to zaria for masters in international affairs and diplomacy um i had been a banker all through i started with Nigeria Industrial Development Bank, and I switched to Commercial Bank, where I worked with uh, International Trust Bank, then to Gulf Bank, and I was posted to Kano as a branch manager, and I left as an area manager in the year 2000, and that was when I established Airlines Integrated Farms along with my family members. I've been involved in so many agricultural venture setups and um, I participated in a lot of government established agri endeavors as a member and in some instances as a chair. I was privileged to serve as chairman of governing board of Federal College of Education area and I was also privileged to serve as chairman management board of federal medical center in Lokoja. Uh, this had little to do or nothing to do with agri though, uh, but I was, um, it was a part-time board chair position appointed on merit by the federal government. And I was running my business vis-a-vis chairing the boards all along. Uh, at a certain time, I stopped taking up government appointments and concentrated in running my dairy business. So I think this is a little about me. It's interesting that you explain that you were a banker before, but you had a lot of board roles in the agricultural industry. So it makes sense that you went on to set up the dairy farm so what what is the lnz story so we know that you know as you said it's you set it up with your family members so it's a family-owned business but how has it grown and evolved over the years you know what sets lnz apart from its competitors i think what sets us apart is uh 
our uh, we 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 all along um based our products on natural raw milk so it started with the establishment of a dairy farm uh for passion and uh along the line we realized that we could make money out of it and uh we started milking the cows and bringing it to the to an outlet we had in town and then it became a hot cake people queued for it so once we realized that market has an has been established we saw an opportunity of growth and uh, we believed that the local cows we had could not give us the required volume that the market was asking for so we went into cross breeding with the local uh, between the frisian bull and our own local sokodo godali breed uh, just to improve the bloodline of the locals to see if it could increase the milk yield per cow this worked for us and uh, we started having increase in milk yield from our own cows and we exhausted that as well because market was becoming so good uh so we decided to look for other dairy farmers around that were just into dairy for passion and convince them to commercialize their business we guaranteed the market and some of them did and we started off taking after we finished with all the commercial dairy farmers around we realized that uh, a lot of pastoralists the herdsmen were just moving around cows and the best they could do with their cows in terms of dairy is when they now milk the cows, they convert to local forage and no and they now move around cities hawking the milk and sometimes they sell, sometimes it gets, gets bad. And so all this um, also opened our eyes to another opportunity of now going and see if we could of take this milk. It, may help us and help them as well so we saw opportunity of a win-win situation between us and them we provide we co- we, we 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 commercialize them and uh, we commercialize the activity and we guaranteed our source source of raw milk and then the challenges of nomadism among them came up and that was when we started thinking of organizing organizing them into cooperatives and see how we can make them sedentary if they move around we realize once the season of movement came we now lose our major source of raw milk and so we had to engage uh, some development partners to see if they could help in making the herdsmen sedentary and providing some basic amenities that will influence them to stay this had worked to an extent and we're still battling to see that it's worked um uh the only challenge is uh, the land that the development partners could provide feed was becoming a major challenge this could only be provided by government but unfortunately the government was not forthcoming so we had to continue struggling and we still we are trying to see how we 
make them sedentary and increase the volume of milk we get from them. So once the milk became more than what we can just uh, sell as fresh milk, we thought of now how do we get into the major market in Nigeria, which is a soured milk market. So that was when we thought of starting production of yogurts. And uh, we started with local fabricated equipment. And uh, so as time goes on, we see the market was beyond Kano. We extended our markets to other neighboring states in the north. And we also, when we started, the when the production became more and more, we extended our market to the south, south, southeast and southwest. And that was when we realized that the market is really huge. And uh, we need to go into modern production process. And that's when uh, we sought out for investment. And fortunately for us, that's when Sahel Capital had just won the bid for Fafin Fund. And uh, we are happy to say that it went well and we became the first investee of Fafin through Sahel. Uh, for the for 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 five years and happily this year completed the five years and overall the value of the company had almost quadrupled and uh, this is the time Fafin is exiting and uh, we all have we both have good stories to tell about our relationship for the last five years. I think in a nutshell, this is the story of LZ. Oh, that's very that's very excited and interesting to hear. And it, f- funny, the um, question about Sahel was going to come later. But since you've brought it up, we did hear from Sahel as well that they are planning to exit this year. So it'd be interesting to hear from your from from your point of view. You know, so you've received private equity investment, and from the sounds of it, it's been a positive. It's had a positive impact on your business. Um, so can you tell us a, a bit more about the good stories? Uh, about the the partnership with Sahel, as you mentioned, yeah, the the good story is more of uh, the the um, the the not not the money side. That is the other. The management side is, I think, is is the best for us, where they were able to um, bring bring good governance structure for the company and then uh um management was revamped and uh we the owners as a family we had the discipline of separating the pockets of the company from our own from from personal pockets and this really helped and even at the exit the discipline had been inculcated in us and this we realized it helped the business grow um so good corporate governance we have a good board with quality people as board members um we have a management structure that is very very robust and active and well uh, highly professional and uh we've been able to uh, honor 
all our statutory obligations as and when due. Uh, all these courtesy Sahel investment results, these are the good things, apart from the money they brought in that we use in acquiring the modern equipment, the modern processing equipment we, we, we still run on. So it, it's twofold, the, the financing side and the, and the governance structure side. And all I would say had been a positive, had positive impact on our business. As I mentioned earlier, the, 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 the level they made us or the size they made us had been almost uh, quadrupled in the next, in the last five years, courtesy their involvement with us. So it's a beautiful story. That that's really wonderful to hear. And as Africa, you know, these are the stories that we love to hear and that we love to tell to show the positive impact that private equity investment can have on businesses, but also the and just beyond the money, as you right, rightly say, you know, good governance, robust management structures. Those are the interesting and important things that come out of private private equity investment. So, just following on from that point, so Sahel is exiting this year. Does LNZ have any intentions to receive more private equity funding uh, in the future? Uh, what the the initial arrangement actually was. Uh, when Fafin comes in the at the exit, we're supposed to they're supposed to exit, and and they should be replaced by strategic investors. And this strategic investor is supposed to take us to the next level by bringing in the expertise in dairy business. For instance, we need someone to come in and see how he can improve our farm. And uh, we need someone to come in that has been in that business. And when he when he takes in five years, we expect um, turnaround in in our complete outlook, daily outlook. We 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 are not yet um, uh, we are not yet we can we can't call ourselves global players yet. But we need a global player to come and take us to that level. So that's the essence of this. The, 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 that's the, this, this is the whole idea of the investment of, I think, take us to that level so that they hand us over to strategic partners. So uh, for us to quit private equity and go back to private equity, it's, it's, it defeats the, the initial idea. So what we want now is um, a strategic partner to come in and then, uh, we we ride on on that strategic partners back to to be a global player. We have already dominated the Nigerian the Nigerian ecosystem. We need to go beyond Nigeria, if possible, beyond Africa. Sounds that's amazing, um, amazing goals, big dreams, and hopefully any of the global players who will li- be listening to this episode will uh, send you an email to to talk about your your future plans. Sounds very exciting. So I I wanted to talk a bit about um, the impact of the pandemic on your business and the dairy farming industry generally. In what ways did the pandemic affect your industry and, you know, how much of an impact did it have on your business specifically and how was LNC able to manage any of the challenges that emerged from the pandemic? Yeah, um, as, as you rightly, as you must have known, Africa generally were affected more by the fear of the pandemic than 
by the impact of the pandemic itself. And uh, L and Z were not different. Uh, at the initial stage, we, we were panicked. We had to immediately scale down our production. We had even written letters to our uh, to, to our lenders that we need to structure our facility and all this and, uh, in anticipation of a total calamity that we 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 thought the pandemic the pandemic would come with fortunately um we over we we over planned and once what what happened when you over plan and then you the the disaster uh is not as uh as 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 bad as you thought then you 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 will have a you you see that uh, there's um, you 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 overplan so you have excess good time rather than excess bad time if you know what I mean. So uh, this this is what happened to us. We we overplan, we scale down, we've done all this, and then uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, fortunately, the 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 pandemic did not affect us as we thought so the business continued uh we tried to manage to make sure that uh, our staff did not uh did, did did not suffer in any way and so we had an agreement that okay we'll start paying based on the turnover that the business makes so if we make 50 percent of our budgeted turnover then we will be able to pay up to 75 percent of salaries and the seventy-five percent of 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 the pay expected by 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 workers. Uh, fortunately, as I I said, we the first month after all this scaling and all after all this planning, we're able to hit over fifty percent of our of our turnover, and we kept to our words. And that was the only month. Then moving forward, everybody now rally around. And uh, we made sure that uh, raw material did not cease and production did not stop, and um, we and and supply to market did not stop. And I think we suffered only for some few months after which we continued as 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 usual. And we were even surprised at a certain time we we made much higher sales than than what we anticipated because of where we are is a huge commercial center so the same problem that affected us affected our competitors so when competitors were not coming we had a field day so we now existed in a sales market so we couldn't even meet our local needs in our own immediate environment and that opened our eyes actually. And even as we are exiting or we are getting out of the pandemic, we have re-strategized to ensure that we continue to hold on to our market. We didn't realize how huge the market is until when the pandemic um stopped competitors from coming in and we 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 became so so now we, we are not giving competitors any breathing space. We 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 continued to take advantage of our local environment. So I think the impact on on of COVID on our business, I would say, 
was was temporary very very temporary afterwards was it was business as usual interesting um so because uh, we, we, we the, one of the reasons we were very interested to talk to lnz particularly was that your business did very well during the pandemic and it makes sense based on what you're saying so that sort of quick thinking and planning in response to what the markets uh what was happening in the market. So that's very interesting to to hear. So my next question then is, so what are some of the trends you're seeing in the consumption of dairy products in Nigeria? And do you, what are the opportunities there to introduce new types of dairy products, especially given what you've experienced over the past sort of nine to 12 months in the pandemic? Yeah, I think, uh, the dairy industry in Nigeria is, is 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 becoming very very interesting, particularly with the uh, non provision of foreign exchange to dairy importers by to en- to anybody by the CBN only selected few. That makes the industry or the dairy business more interesting uh, uh, because now a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, Dairies businesses are looking inwards for their raw materials, and uh, so the opportunity in the dairy business uh, is um, now is to look at where areas that hitherto we are not going into. For instance, cheese production. I don't think. Um, it's, it's it's an area that we've explored, but it's an area we're looking um, to see because the opportunity is really there. Uh, if you look at the pizza consumption culture that is taking root in Nigeria, and uh, even the 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 taste of cheese itself by Nigerians is increasing, so the need for for us to diversify into such production it's it used to be easy to import, but with the tightening of the foreign foreign exchange availability by the CBN, it's it becomes uh, very interesting. Uh, the dairy industry is becoming more interesting by the day. So these are some of the opportunities, and then uh, probably if we're able to get volume of milk, particularly with the current situation of uh, security challenges and a lot of hartsmen are looking for a way to be sedentary themselves. So once they become sedentary, the open grazing is no more. Then you'll be able to have a concentration of huge volume of milk. And uh, once you have that, then the opportunity of of establishing powdered milk plant is also there. Because this is high volume consumption activity, uh, so th- this these are the opportunities I see. And then um, uh, fresh milk, I don't know. We're still very very backward in the consumption in the culture of fresh milk consumption. We are still good at consuming evaporated milk and powdered milk. Uh, but once the raw milk becomes available and then we we 
we push it to the market and people come to appreciate the difference between this and other processed milk, it is another opportunity that I see opening up as soon as possible. That's quite interesting, particularly the point about uh, the, the as you call it, the pizza uh, culture, it, the pizza consumption culture in Nigeria, and particularly taste for cheese. Milk. So quite exciting to hear that LNZ is looking to expand into that area. So let's talk a bit more about the, just to expand on what you just said, let's talk a bit more about some of the challenges um, that you're seeing. What are the biggest challenges for LNZ? In, in the market? Yeah, the, the biggest challenge is uh, dumping of cheaper imported dairy products, particularly liquid dairy products. If uh, the condition in which those competitors are producing their products is much more friendly than us, uh, so they can afford to produce at a very cheaper rate, and um, when they bring into Nigeria, the duty at the ports is extremely low. Um, the cost of equipment that we import to process our own dairy is high. So that's a major challenge um, in the industry. Another challenge is lack of culture and infrastructure because if you're into dairy, uh, raw materials, which is dairy milk, needs to be collected at, at milk collection center. These milk collection centers are not anywhere near town. They are mostly inside the bush. There are three, two major challenges with establishment of that access to power to now uh, provide electricity for your chilling facilities in the bush. The vandalization by miscreants, and then the insecurity, the the insecurity of your staff in those far hinterlands. So, this this these are really really challenges that uh, is really dampening our morale. Um, so once this one are taking care of, I'm I'm sure once this I mitigate this risk I mitigated against, we we will do much better than what that than what we're doing now. It's interesting that you mentioned insecurity as one of the challenges, and I mean the the power one is a is a challenge that everyone appreciates, particularly uh, when Nigeria is concerned. But in your view, how do you think this challenges can be mitigated uh, particularly around insecurity power do you think it's a policy challenge is it a challenge that requires the collaboration of both public and private sector players uh, what is your view on how these uh, risks can be mitigated or potentially reduced yeah the issue of power you can see there are a lot of uh, green energy companies coming into the country and partnering with private companies to establish power. And this is a good candidate for such um, collaboration. Uh, but it's, the, the return on investment has to be good. And uh, when you're talking about milk collection center, it's 
the link between the producers and the and the processors unfortunately the processors uh 99% of the processors are multinationals that are established by their own cooperative farmers in their various countries so they don't have incentive in supporting the development of this midstream which is the link because once that is fully developed then it will be very clear to everybody that this is available why do we have to continue to import dairy raw materials because it's already available so one of the way to mitigate against the risk of uh, lack of um, this infrastructure is to make to incentivize investment in this area and to attract investment and it's only if the return on investment is good and it cannot be good if it's cheaper to import than to produce locally so once that angle is taken care of this automatically will 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 just grow and and you'll see a lot of investment flowing in um it, it's not the cost you can establish a solar powered milk collection center or you even put generators look at the providers of telecommunication you go to their mast you see them putting generators that's the way they mitigate against the power we can do the same but they can afford to do that because return on their investment is high they can break they can make profit by doing that but if you're going to put a generator or a solar plant to chill a milk that is cost of producing without even chilling is much higher than the look than that the imported powdered milk then it doesn't make any sense and there's no way you'll be incentivized to do that or any other investor so once um a good policy with good right thinking um uh policy makers that that understand this very well uh are able to look at it and and and, and solve this end the problem at this end then automatically all other things will fall in place uh the issue of insecurity uh i don't uh i i, I I was of the opinion that commercialization of the Hartsman activity might reduce their need to look elsewhere for money like the kidnapping and the other ways crooked ways of making money uh, so so if it's fully commercialized and somebody knows that he can instead of risking his life to kidnap or going to Uh, into crime he can make half of that money legally and in a very peaceful atmosphere i think a lot of people lot of them will have the incentive to drop their arms and and go back to to the previous peaceful coexistence that 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 was between them and their host communities and and that will also provide jobs for the host communities by making them to produce fodders or feed for the for them to buy and then the offtake is good but all this unfortunately needs to be encouraged by a policy that will discourage dumping of cheaper imports and encourage local production
So once it's a, just a key, once it's turned on, a lot of things will just automatically fall in place. Absolutely. Um, that that makes a lot of sense. And uh, that's what we need to, to see more of. So um, policy action that will enable this, I guess some people refer to them as bandits, to, to channel that, I guess, energy, energy exactly. into something more productive, yes. which will benefit the individuals, but also in the long term benefit society and, econo- and the economy as well. Exactly. So let's just uh, switch this now over to, so just following on from this point about the insecurity. Uh, so Africa is currently working on a project to showcase how African businesses and investors are working together to achieve the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And one of these goals is zero hunger. So, And, you know, we know that food insecurity is a pressing issue across the continent as a whole. So w- what actions do you take at LNZ to mitigate food insecurity risks, particularly in Nigeria? Uh, as you know, we are business people. So uh, we are driven by profits and uh, the beautiful thing about uh, food business, the the more profit you make, the more you are attracted to invest more, to do more, the more you are solving food challenges in the country, knowingly or unknowingly. And I think we are no different. Uh, but specifically, what we do, and um, I have forgotten to mention that when we started collecting milk from... Uh, the the hartsmen, uh, there are two things we 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 feared most. One is child labor, because the hawking of that milk was done by child, girl child, and the rearing of the animal was done by boy child, and we didn't want to be part of that child to be caught in between that. Uh, challenge and then there's nutrition and if they take the milk it improves it's a security for them and uh, if we now are giving them so much money and they're selling the milk to us what happens what do they eat so we had those challenges so first to to mitigate against the child labor we insisted that uh uh in where we are collecting milk then all the children and that's household must be sent to school and we incentivize the family by saying that any household that sends it, their kids to school will add 20 naira to the liter of milk we buy from them and that helped a great deal by ensuring that all the children are no longer involved in labor but sent to school while only the adults now come back to do the business uh so the 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 other challenge is the nutrition and uh what we did is we now try to to bring in a system of involving the women in 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 rare local chicken so if you go to the supermarket now you see l and z local chicken so what we did is okay we now with the, with the support of development partners, establish a parent stock of a local chicken in our farm. We hatch, the, we, they lay the eggs, we hatch the eggs. Once we get the chicks 
and then we give it to the local women and ask them, okay, go and rear these chicks and you bring back six to us, you can keep four. These four, we're not buying. We want you to eat it. And it helped because you could see that having loss in milk protein to an extent, they make it up with uh, chicken. And so, as we invested in chicken production, local chicken production, we're helping the food, we're ensuring the food security of those people who are collecting, our outgrowers that we're collecting milk from. And also, we are sending products into the market for urban. That's why we say we, 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 we impact your life in so many ways. That's one of our, one of our slogans. We impact. So wherever, whoever you are, there's a way we, we, we will make sure that you benefit, uh, food wise from us. If you are an outgrower, we make sure you take some part of, we, apart from, making sure that you get part of this milk for you to consume. Then you have a chicken that will complement your protein needs. And then the land we have also, where we support them to develop fodder for their cows, that's part that they grow cereals that they also take. So once they bring the product into the, the, the milk and the chicken to us, we process then also we are supporting food security to other populace apart from the outgrowers. So we, we, we are in between. We collect from this and give this. So those that we collect, we make sure we replenish in a way. Those that we give to, like you and I in the urban cities, then we guarantee your natural protein needs. So we feel, in a way, we contribute to the food security of the country. And and the more we do it, the the more we impact positively on the on the food security of of our country and Africa in general. Absolutely wonderful to to hear that. Um, I I laughed when you said uh, at the start of your response that, or oh, as a business, priorities, profits, and and absolutely hundred percent that that's the priority. But it's always um, wonderful when a business gets good returns profit-wise, but also makes impact on community and society. So it's wonderful to hear about the initiatives being undertaken by LNC in this regard. Let's switch the conversation over to tech. Um, so we are launching a the second edition of our Venture Capital in Africa report and one of the um, emerging industries for VC investment we saw is agricultural um, agri-tech so it's increasingly great gaining traction in Africa and one of the questions I wanted to ask you around this was you know how does LNZ incorporate technology in its day-to-day operations yeah I mentioned to you earlier that we with the uh, with the investment of having through Sahel we're able to import equipment uh, we were uh, we were producing our yogurt through batch pasteurization method, uh, but with the with with the, with with the money we got from farming, we imported equipment that we've turned into what is called continuous flow pasteurization. What it means is batch pasteurization. You just put the milk in a tank, and you are guaranteed that 
the volume you can get. Continuous is the the milk passes through a system that it it, it gets pasteurized as it passes through. So as long as you have enough, as long as milk is flowing, is pasteurization on perturbed. So this could only be successful, or we could only achieve this through technology and. This, I think, uh, is one way. And then you see the milking of our cows when we started was honey milking. Uh, we now introduce machine milking system. So it's, it's, it's more hygienic. It's less time consuming and, uh, it's, it's more accurate. And, uh, even our processing of the feeding of the animals is technology driven and, uh, um we 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 also employ we we employ a lot of uh, heavy equipment in preparation cultivation and ensilaging of our feeds for animals so we 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 are so much into technology that uh, without that we can't even we can't even be where we are today and hopefully we'll continue to to improve in acquisition of technology and techniques as we grow and this is uh we've this has helped us in uh in technology transfer i recall we had to send uh, before 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 now there's all, there's what we call argon welding is the perfect welding for stainless, stainless steel tanks uh, we didn't have a single welder that is that experienced in Kano. Uh, but our technical partners that supply us with equipment, when they saw that challenge, we had to bring in a welder. We had to fly in a welder from Europe just to come on weld. Uh, we agreed with them that we should send someone to stay with them for some months who is a, an ordinary welder, but he specializes with them in this argon welding. And we're happy to say that that technology transfer is perfect. And uh, that young man now is serving us well. So we've served the country foreign exchange of bringing an expatriate just to come on well. And uh, we're happy with what is happening. So so technology is the backbone of our business. And I think we'll continue to employ technology as we grow more, more technology as we grow. Wonderful. Absolutely amazing. Uh, this has been a really exciting conversation. Really uh, happy that we got to talk about all these uh, important things, you know, the trends that you were seeing in dairy consumption and the challenges and how uh, LNZ is working to address those risks as well. So um, just to round this conversation up, what's next for LNZ? We know that you are, uh, uh, you're planning the Sahel exit and Look, hopefully looking to get a strategic buyer involved in the next stage but you know what else what else are you planning for lnc over the next 12 months ah the next 12 months expansion we've already started we're talking with the with our bankers um uh, we 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 need to expand as quickly as possible uh the production um we need to uh, because our product has been accepted nationwide, because of its natural, it, it's as natural, it's it's hundred percent Nigerian for those that uh, 
they are patriotic and um so we 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 really need to expand as quickly as possible for the next 12 months is expansion our expanding our existing facility and then uh, probably afterwards is expanding the farm to have more cows that we control ourselves so if we control about 50% of our raw milk need then we can afford to outsource 50% from other farmers so i think in a nutshell this is our immediate our immediate our short term our our short term is expansion of our current facility production wise that is the short term mid term is expanding to farm the farm to have to guarantee 50% of our raw milk from our own cows then the long term i think it's it's really long term so let's let's finish the first the the short and the medium then we may look at the long term absolutely uh this has been an exciting conversation i think i've said that before but let's just end it on a i guess a fun note so what do you enjoy the most about running a business in nigeria uh, you know and beyond just running a business in nigeria contributing to social and economic development what's your favorite thing about doing this i think um uh... Um, naturally, I'm a person that that I don't. I I love to see, I love to see youth being engaged. Maybe because I have all my kids are youth, so I always enjoy seeing um, youth uh, doing a lot of uh, doing things that we never you never thought they could achieve, and they're achieving it. And this is what I see. This is what we see in LNZ, things that. Sometimes you think, okay, how do we get, how do we get this thing done? You, immediately, what comes to your mind is how do you, how do you get to Europe to get this? And then you'll be surprised. Some young men that have been in the system have been able to, will be able to provide solution. This, this, this always makes my day when I am confronted with such situation. And then the other thing is to see young men starting with us and then establishing their own family on there and you realize that you contribute to to the success of such a person and you see somebody buying a car and you know it's got to see your effort and at the end of the month when you are pushing bottles to pay salaries and you see the happiness in their faces it's it's it makes it always makes my day i love that response thank you so much mda for a fantastic conversation we're very excited to see what happens with lnz next and hopefully we'll hear more and more wonderful positive stories coming from your um from your business and we wish you all the best with the next stage um, of expansion and with the exit as well thank you very much for your time Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for joining us today. To find out more about what we do at AFCA, visit our website at www.avca-africa.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn to join the conversation and keep up with the latest news across the African private equity and venture capital industry.